You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On NBA Draft. My name is Richard Stamen. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On NBA Draft and making it your first listen of the day. Remember, Locked On NBA Draft is free and available on all platforms, and we can also be found across the network on YouTube. Um, so for this episode, I'm going to talk about the NBA previews, uh, doing mine a little bit early, and doing the award predictions, all rookie, rookie of the year, all the fun stuff, so kind of pertaining to the NBA Draft. And I'm also going to recap what happened in Europe this over over this last weekend. A lot of teams are now finally underway. We're only waiting on one more pro league to debut comes this weekend, which is France. And they have some prospects there. Obviously, uh, home of Victor Wembanyama, uh, the very best prospect in the world, regardless of class. But he's for 2023. But so I'm going to do a preview of, um, or excuse me, a review of what happened in Europe this weekend. And then I'm going to do the awards and everything like that. So starting with what happened in Europe, there were three names that really jumped out. One of them is a former draft and stash player, um, and that is Philip Petrusev. He plays for, um, actually, I'm blanking on the team name now, but he plays for um, Ephes in Turkey. I don't know why I couldn't remember that, but he is there now that is the same league Alperin Sengun played in, so we can we have a pretty good reference bar for what to expect from Philip Petrusev. In his lone game, he went 6 of 7, really good offensive debut, 3 rebounds, 13 points. That was it. He had 3 fouls, um, took 1-3 and missed it, went to the line once on an and one. Really nice play, but nothing too crazy. The one thing that stood out for me was just his defense. I thought he really lacked in that department. I thought he could have been a lot better defensively. Um, I tweeted about it. If you go to my media section of my profile at Nav's Draft, you can see what I was talking about. In the first half, there were a couple of plays where he just kind of looked out of place on pick and rolls and help defense where he just was slow to recover and his lack of strength made it worse. That inability to recover just kind of limited his ability to be a help side defender. And if you're going to be 6'11", and being a help side defender in the NBA, you have to have that strength. You have to be able to rotate super quickly. And he just didn't look to have it. Something I had is a pre-draft issue. And again, with he's a draft and stash for the Philadelphia 76ers. Who knows when he'll come over. But he really needs to just work on getting better as that help side defender. Because he can be a stretch five. He can be a pretty unique forward, power forward center in the right lineup. And he could probably fit next to Embiid. But I think the defensive issues really need to come first so he doesn't get exploited. The next one was Nikola Jovic. Uh, the evil twin of Nikola Jokic, both from Serbia. But uh, unlike Jokic, Jovic is actually from Belgrade, which is the biggest city in Serbia. Um, he had a great debut for Mega. They played one of the worst teams in the Adriatic League, so take this as you will. But in 22 minutes off the bench, he went 4 of 5, including 3 of 4 from 3. Had 12 points. He had 6 turnovers, but also 4 assists, 1 steal, and 2 rebounds. His shot is clean. I did not. I, I don't know why it has taken me so long to realize. Maybe it's just gotten better, but I don't know why it's taken me so long to realize that his shot is absolutely pure. His follow-through is clean. His wrist action is absolutely beautiful. I think it's one of the most textbook shots you'll ever see. And on top of that, he's 6'10", 6'11". So 
you're talking about a guy who can handle the ball. He had four assists, and a lot of those were live ball passes. So he can see the floor super well. He can space the floor. He can handle the ball. He's a very unique player. I think there's a very legitimate chance that he ends up as the top international prospect in this class and that if everything goes right, he plays for the best, one of the top clubs in Europe. If everything goes right, he's probably a top, I mean, top eight, 10 pick. I, I don't think that there's much hesitancy there being a six ten point forward uh, that can shoot the ball. And speaking of shooters, the last name that really stood out to me this weekend, uh, this is from the German league who they also made their debut um, from Ulm. This is the same team Killian Hayes had come from. There's an 18 year old shooter. He's a small forward. He's six, six, really just, absolute sharpshooter he's 18 years old just turned 18 actually just last week his name is Fedor Zugic he is just a lights out shooter went three of five this weekend against Bayern Munich in the win in 13 and a half minutes three of four from three so almost all the shots were three pointers he had one cut um or offensive rebound I can't remember what it was but and then one rebound had nine points one turnover really solid outing for him his shot is absolutely pure He's another guy who, I mean, when you have a 6'6 shooter, I think you, you can't have enough of those in this league. Obviously, now that statement's a little bit drawn out. It used to be you can't have enough 6'6 six, 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 guys. Now it's like you need 6'7, six, 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, Cam Johnson, for example, is like 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, you want those guys. But being 6'6 six, six is still not bad when you can just shoot over de- defenders like he can. He's a name to watch. I don't know if he comes out this year, but being 18 years old and will be 18 till the preseason training camp of next year, it's pretty attractive. I think he might be someone to watch in that pre-draft process. Again, again, Fedor Zugic, he's from Montenegro, plays for um, Ulm over in Germany. Had a really solid outing this weekend in his German debut uh, in the in the German Pro A. The um, I'm blanking on the name, but the basket, the top division basketball league. But uh, when I come back, I'm going to do a preview of this NBA season. I'm going to break it down into a couple of uh, segments and do the awards, the coach of the year, th- that kind of stuff, and then end it with the all rookie teams. But first, let me talk to you about Rock Auto real quick. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You often endure p- pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter has to order the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, you name it, they have it. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we send you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Again, my name is Richard Stamen, and thank you very much for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. It means a lot. I know there's a ton of other NBA Draft podcasts out there that you could be listening to that. Might be doing a little bit more draft focus, especially on this episode right now, but uh, I promise as college gets back and international uh, gets heated up, a lot of international teams, for example, they don't play their young guys until a little bit on early on, and they have to really earn those minutes to play over the veterans. But really appreciate you listening to me right now instead of someone else. It means a lot to me. 
I try to make this show as good as possible every single day that I'm recording. I do this every Tuesdays. Um, but thank you so much. Continuing where we left off. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to do my awards. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to do, I'll just kind of spill the beans here. So for this portion of the show, this segment, um, I'm going to do the awards themselves and except for rookie of the year and then all rookie. And I'm going to end the show on those. So let's start with the regular season MVP. I am having a tough time per betonline.ag, our good friends over there. Their betting odds have Luka Doncic as the favorite. Steph Curry, and then barely ahead of, behind him, excuse me, is Giannis. And then, again, barely behind him are Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. That's the top five favorites. Then he gets to guys like LeBron, Dame, Harden, Jokic, other guys. Um, actually, the two next guys after them are two of them I, I'm heavily considering picking. So they are Trey Young and Jason Tatum. I think they're pretty big sleepers. I feel like this field is a lot more wide open than it's being made out to be. Um, first of all, Luca was the favorite last year. I don't think he was particularly close in being MVP, like a realistic winner. I think there were only two people that could have won that award, and that was Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, the man who won it. And I'm not sure the Mavs are going to be good enough. Um, I don't know what the criteria is going to be. I don't know. I, I don't think Giannis will get it. I, th I think he, as nice as it is for him to have the narrative he just won the finals, he would have to, I mean, I think it's almost everyone else would have to really disappoint their standards and like say because Steph Curry has such an easy narrative his way right where all he has to do is bring them to the six seed or better with a much improved team than last year and I think people are really going to favor him a lot for that award especially if he puts up 30 points per game again if Kevin Durant is going to be the best player on probably the overall best team in the league um you have Luka Doncic again is at the top and then I mean, Joel Embiid is not going to be any worse than he was last year. The only way is health, which kind of hurt him last year. And then LeBron, same thing. I mean, he's LeBron James. He's still top three player at the worst in the league. So, like, it's tough. It's really tough when your team isn't the one of the best in the league, and the Mavs really have to be one of the best in the league for him to actually win it, for Luka to win it. So I'm going to say my prediction is going to be one of him, Tatum, or Trey Young. And I think the easy thing for Tatum is, is that the Celtics really sucked last year. I mean, for their standards, they, they were not good. They were a team that should have been a lot better than they were. They they couldn't even, I think they, they what, they beat the Wizards in the play-in to make the first round and then just get swept, or they lost, or what was it? No, no, they didn't beat the Wizards. I don't remember who they played, but uh, I'm blanking. All I know is they didn't win a playoff series. It was just absolutely brutal. Tatum was the only good player. He has a narrative going for him. If he makes a, another scoring jump, he's at 26 points per game last year, career best. If he gets to 28, 29, 30, I think you're looking at a guy who, first of all, is going to be carrying his team to a top four, top five seed in the East, and also will make that jump where he's a scoring title contender on the best, one of the best teams and the best, um, the best player on the best teams. And I think he has a lot going for him. So I think one way or another, Celtic is going to win a major award. I would say he's probably the best chance to win MVP uh, as a Celtic for any award. The other is Trey Young. He has the narrative because he just made the conference finals, and if he drags, not drags, he carries the Hawks to the three seed or better. Because I mean, three seed is always the spot you got to get to in the East uh, or in your conference, and the East is really good this year. If he gets the Hawks to the three seed in the East, I think he really might win MVP. As much as it kind of hurts me as a Mavs fan, you know the Luca Trey Young dynamic. I think I think I'm going to put my money on Trey Young. I'm going to say in order Trey Luca and Doncic. It's a hard bet. And I know it's an unpopular bet, 
But I think he has an easy narrative going his way. Plus, he's a consistent 30 and 10 guy. So that's that's pretty remarkable. Um, for coach of the year, I'm going to stick with Boston. I actually think Ime Odoka has a ridiculously easy path to it. If the Celtics are the four seed even, I mean, you look at what happened last year with Brad Stevens and how much of a debacle that season was. Ime Odoka has a lot going for him. If they're pretty dominant all year, um, able to hang with anybody and say that one through four is pretty tight in the East, I think he's got a really strong case. I, you don't need to be the top seed. It does help a lot, but I think it's him. Doc Rivers is also a strong one, depending on what happens with Ben Simmons and how much they make the most of it. Uh, but those are the two guys I would put there. Defensive player of the year, I'm actually kind of hesitant to choose Gobert to keep winning this award that is his. Um, and it also helps make this field a little bit more open. I think one, voter fatigue on Gobert. Two, the consistent second place is in, it has absolutely no media on his side right now, which is Ben Simmons. And we don't even know if he'll be playing to open the season. So that's a lot wide open. Of course, this is recorded before he gets traded if this has happened. Um, but I doubt in the next 24 hours, 12 hours that something crazy is just going to happen. I say that, but who knows with the NBA. Um, so I have Bam Adebayo. I think, again, narratives matter a lot in awards, and Bam Adebayo is a ridiculously versatile defender, can protect the rim, can protect, can guard anybody. Um, I think Miami's going to be one of the best teams in the East, another team that's going to be competing with all the aforementioned teams for that top four seed. And Bam Adebayo is going to be the anchor to that defense, and if he can have one of the best defensive ratings, have, you know, one of the best team hold the, I guess the team has one of the best defensive ratings and, you know, the heat are very good. I think it's his to lose most improved. I have Keldon Johnson from San Antonio. I don't see any of the other guys in this race, making a jump. The, the, the first favorite is, um, is actually Shea Gilders Alexander, which makes absolutely no sense to me because he's already at like, He's at the point where most players want to be when they get most improved. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is probably another close one. He's tied for favorite. Then Zion. What can Zion do? He just averaged 27 points per game. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. I feel like has already made a name for himself. He's kind of a guy I could see it. But it's just like, what jump are they really making? Is it like, is it relative to everything? Because Kelvin Johnson averaged 11 points per game last year. Like, Kevin Porter Jr., I, I have to admittedly pull up these stats right now, but... I don't think he's making a jump to that most improved. He averaged 16.6 points per game. It's a really hard territory to, to average most improved for. So, like, if you look at Goran Dragic, who was the 2013-14 most improved player, the year before he went, this was even pretty close. Like, he went from 14.5 points per game up to 20. So, that's six points per game if you want to go one-to-one. -one. Kevin Porter Jr. would have to eclipse 22. I don't know if he does it personally. Jalen Brown's up there. Um, Keldon Johnson, though, you have to go all the way down on this list to find a most improved for Keldon Johnson. I actually don't know if he's on here. I mean, maybe I just missed. He's at plus 4,000. He has the same odds as Kyle Kuzma, Mikhail Bridges, and just a little bit less than Tyrese Halberton. I think that's absolutely blasphemous. Not on Bet Online, but just like the fact that people are sleeping on him. So I like Keldon Johnson. I think with the Spurs likely going to no first option territory i think he the usa team usa experience helped him a lot he's a really good scorer i think he's pretty skilled and i think if you can put it all together you're looking at almost a double points per game which is easily the most improved player six man of the year i'm having a tough time again dallas atlanta um you know the little battle in my head but 
That little dynamic. I, I've got Kevin Herter versus Jalen Brunson. Those are the two guys that I see as the six-man options. So the number one favorite, actually number one and number two are Utah Jazz members. That's Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. And then it's Kevin Herter. So I kind of went with the top guy. Um, I think Kevin Herter is just really primed for that role. He has the, again, narrative in his favor. The other reason I would maybe choose Jalen Brunson besides the fact that I'm a biased Mavs fan is that he was flirting with 50, 40, 90 for most of the year last year. I actually think that, and he would have gotten it had his free throws not fallen off because his, um, his free throw percentage for a while was like 89% until I think April or something. And then he ended up shooting 78%. So like it dropped pretty drastically, but he did shoot 40% from three and 52% from the field overall with a pretty absurd uh, 58% from two for a 6'3 guard. So I think it's actually pretty repeatable in this Mavs offense. Really like his chances. So um, that is my, making sure I didn't miss one, but that is my um, award slate. When I come back, I'll do the all rookie and rookie of the year predictions. But first I wanna talk to you about Sleeper. Sleeper is a brand new way to think of fantasy sports. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball is broken, which is very relevant to you as a listener of this episode of the NBA Draft Podcast. Games were being won and lost solely based on whose players had more scheduled games. I know I've been a victim of that myself, and it made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball, and it's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In game pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponents simply have more scheduled games, all the busy work, all over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and much more. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracks the fantasy basketball code, and if you like fantasy football, and if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed, and that is the Sleeper app. Also relevant, I've hinted at this already. I've done a little bit of foreshadowing, but Bet Online is back better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back, and football season is in full swing. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface that I've had to use using this episode. Uh, during this episode, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football and sports. So head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and use promo code LOCKED ON when you join. That's one word L O C K E D O N. So, and welcome back. Um, I guess now is time for the much anticipated rookie of the year and all rookie predictions. I personally have a very hard time choosing just one player for Rookie of the Year. This, I've gone and said this is my favorite draft I've ever scouted. Um, I personally, I'm just going to cut right to the chase. I think it's going to be Cade Cunningham. I think it's going to be a ridiculously close race, though, with Jalen Green. And then third place is going to be a wide open race. Um, I have a few names there. 
that I'll get to, but I think those two are head and shoulders going to be the first place recipient or vote recipients where those guys are just head and shoulders above everybody else in the rookie class for rookie of the year ranking, of course. That doesn't necessarily mean overall ranking, but and I know it's cliche to put one and two, but there's a reason those guys were one and two. I mean, in a, in a stacked class, having those one and two guys, I mean, Cade Cunningham set up perfectly in Detroit, I think, with Sadiq Bey. is going to give him a lot of assists. He's going to create his own shot. Playing off ball a little bit with Killian Hayes will help him too. I think it's a really good team for Cade Cunningham. And Houston, obviously, him and Kevin Porter, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are going to split a lot of time. I think that's going to be ultimately what hurts Jalen Green. I think if he had a little bit more, I guess, less inner, um, what's even the word? I, I don't even know the word, but like Kevin Porter Jr., one way or another, is going to be taking some of Jalen Green's shots, especially when they share the floor. And I think for a volume-based stat or award in Rookie of the Year, I think Jalen Green does get penalized to an extent i do also think Cade cunningham's gonna be the best rookie regardless so this is kind of an easy pick for me um jalen green though is going to be a phenomenal rookie just because he has the better pro experience he's already been a pro um really good system for him and just ultimate freedom like that's a huge combination getting rookie of the year for my all rookie teams now let me preface this because uh this is something that apparently gets lost a lot is all rookie teams are not position-based. You can have 10 centers be on all rookie. It'd be historically rare. Um, but the, there's a first team. It's just five the five best rookies based on voting. And then the second team, which are the next five best. So for me, I went, obviously, Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green, my two favorites for rookie of the year. And then I went Jalen Suggs on Orlando. Uh, and I know that's you might think I'm a homer because I'm, you know, a governor of the magic, but... Uh, which is a totally fair accusation. But I think that Jalen Suggs is going to fit in any lineup he plays in so well. I think he's going to be one of the few positives. He's so pro-ready that it doesn't even matter how the roster around him fits. He's going to find ways to be good, efficient, and produce in volume. So I see him as like 12 points per game, three rebounds, four assists, maybe four of both, probably a steal a game and on 45% shooting. That's really good for a rookie I think that's first team. And he's also going to be a good defender. Then I have Davion Mitchell, speaking of good defense, in Sacramento. I think he's going to be a key part of getting Sacramento at least near the playing game. And then Trey Murphy, the third, a 50-40-90 guy in college. Next to Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. It's really easy to see that translating to similar results. So that's my first team. Just missing the cut on the second team where Moses Moody in Golden State. I think you're going to see him be a rotation player. Um, I would have taken him as early as seven. Obviously, they, they didn't need to because they got Kuminga and him. But I think Moses Moody being a pure off-ball player and a solid defensive player with that 7-1 wingspan, it translates so quickly that next to Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, it doesn't matter how little he has the ball in his hands. When he does have the ball in his hands, he's going to be shooting, and he's going to be successful at shooting. Then I have Alperen Sengun. On Houston, I think being in the pro league and being the MVP of that Turkish league, it's going to translate. He's going to produce, again, another guy who has pretty good freedom in that offense. Christian Wood's a little bit in his way, but um, I don't think they'll be splitting the court a ton. So that shouldn't be an issue. And if they do, I think their roles are going to be a little bit different considering what is a better defender. Um, then I also have Chris Duarte, who is 24 years old and is not a rookie by any other conventional way other than it's just his first year. He does not play like a first-year player, and he will not play like a first-year player. 
And then I have James Booknight. He was my fifth-ranked prospect. I think he's going to be a super bench scorer for Charlotte. I think he's going to do a really nice job for Charlotte filling that Devontae Graham role in a much lesser capacity. Um, I, I just am very confident of his fit. And then lastly, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to round it out. I've called him a 10-year vet as a rookie. Um, he's just that guy that he doesn't make mistakes. He's not going to put up a ton of, ton of flashy numbers, but he's going to be near probably almost 10 points per game, get good rebounds. I think his shooting will be nice. And he's going to be a good defender and just not turn the ball over. It wouldn't shock me if he averages one turnover per game or less. So the just missed the cut guys, I put basically a third team, an honorary third team. Jared Butler, Miles McBride, Cam Thomas, Corey Kispert, and one of Evan Mobley or Josh Giddy. I know it's really hard for me to leave off Evan Mobley because I had him as my second ranked prospect, but I just don't know how well, how favorable the Cleveland situation is for him year one. So that was hard for me. Corey Kispert is going to be a guy who, next to Bradley Beal, gets a ton of opportunities off ball. Josh Giddy averaged 11-7-7 in Australia in a pro league. I don't see why he can't put up 8-5-5 five, and five at the least, which is going to be attractive to people. Cam Thomas is a microwave if he gets a chance to score. That's a bold one, I think. I think people are overestimating how many minutes he might get year one. And then Miles McBride is going to be a really quality backup for a playoff team in New York. Um, and lastly, Jared Butler, same thing. Quality backup point guard for a playoff team in Utah. So thank you for listening to Locked On NBA Draft and making this your first listen of the day. If you want another listen on Locked On, another brief episode and staying with the theme, head over to Locked On Bets. I've already referred to Bet Online so many times, and this whole episode was about a pretty much one way or another a bet that I'm making about the future. Locked On Bets has you covered. They're a great podcast. They're incredibly accurate. I don't know if y'all saw the graphic I retweeted, but they have hit on a ridiculous number of picks. And this is coming from someone who does NBA daily picks and tries to be like 70%, and these guys blow me away. So go ahead and head over to Locked On Bets. You will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for listening again. My name is Richard Stamen. You can find my Twitter at Navstrafts, where I post almost all my work. And I will be back next week with some of the previews for the 2021 incoming freshman class for college.